You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to this special Legends Cup edition of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows. Joining me again is my amazing co-host, Marcus Henson. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Yes, I am back, people. Thank you for the lovely Colton Cole for stepping in. He did an amazing job. Yeah, he did. He was a great stand-in. It's a shame you couldn't be there for the conference games, buddy, but he was an adequate stand-in, shall we say, but it just wasn't quite... He rocked it. He rocked it. All right, yes, he did. He did rock it. He did a great job, but, you know, I was trying to give you props, man. It it wasn't quite the same without you by my side. Oh. Exactly. I missed you a little bit anyway, but, you know, then I got sidetracked by all the games and the players and everything else. So, you know, it's all good fun. Join us after this short break for our preview of the Legends Cup between Seattle and Chicago. LFL Mobile, giving you access to the gridiron goddesses of the LFL with exclusive photos, videos, live game reporting and fan promotions. LFL Mobile, download on your Android or iPhone. We come on now to our game preview of the Legends Cup final between Chicago and Seattle. And much like how we did with the conference game, we're going to give you some keys to victory for both teams. And I want to start with Chicago. Marcus, what does Chicago need to do to win this game? Mm, well, it's going to come down to a couple of different things. On offense, definitely establishing a run game because as if anyone's seen the Dallas-Seattle game from the conference playoffs, you no, know, Danica Brace left with a, what looked like quite bad back injury. So Without her in the field, I mean, Chris Del Harris could just have a field day. Yeah, 100%. If you take Danica Brace out of that defense, there's no doubt that's a big hole to be filled because she's everywhere. She's a monster on the field, both in the passing game and she hits, well, probably one of the hardest, if not the hardest hitter in the league and all the other players say the same thing. So when you take that out of the equation, it does certainly give space for that Chicago run game. And despite having a few rookies on the line, that Chicago offensive line is playing extremely well at the moment. Yeah, and that's the thing is they need to give Jacinda Barkley time. Something that we've seen is that when giving time Jacinda is one of the most accurate passes out there when flustered a little bit with pressure in her face so that's just an experience thing if you ask me is that she just needs to have more LFL experience well she's got the best stage to gain that flip side defensively Chicago I mean it's all about that defensive line and getting at KK you know you've got uh, Yashi Chantel Kristen the front three have to really shut down KK and make her just play some stupid decisions because we've seen KK she's great but sometimes if she's she's under pressure um, she, she can make the odd stupid mistake yeah the big thing for that is if they can get the pressure on and then start to make KK throw off her back foot I think that's when she makes her weakest throws is when she's kind of on the well not on the run but just sort of kind of falling back because when she doesn't have time to actually make that step up into the pocket or to roll out and make a pass that's when you can really get those errant throws from KK I think another big factor for me on offense before we just finish off with some last things on the defense just want to talk about AJ Johnson because I think as a rookie she has been a standout wide receiver this year oh she's been the perfect sort of filling for that that sort of space that was created you know Ali Albert's left but AJ Johnson's been that and more you know she's really sort of stepped up her reduction and one last thing then on the Chicago defense is there anyone else you think that needs to have a big game this week the secondary because Seattle's greatest sort of threat downfield is Brim Render and they've got to take her out of the game so the likes of sort of Dominique Collins Tamar Fennell and uh, Kim Perez they need to just completely shut down and not let uh, the deep ball be a, a weapon against them and I'm glad you mentioned Kim Perez 
there because that brings us nicely onto our first pre-game interview with Kim Perez herself. Joining us on the show now is strong safety for the Chicago Bliss, Kim Perez. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Looking at the stadium, it's a bit of an unusual arena here. We were playing in an equestrian centre. What do you make of the pitch and the surroundings for the final? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting circumstance. Here we are, the coaches, the players, we just finished having a meeting kind of about how we would make adjustments, you know, with maybe no wall right against the field, how that may affect some of our play. So, but we have come up with some great ideas. We're approaching the game real positively and can't wait for us to hit the field. Now, this is Chicago's fourth Legends Cup in a row. How has the team managed to stay so consistent? You know, I would have to say strong veteran leadership a lot. We have seven girls that have been with the Chicago Bliss for those four years. We all started out together four years ago. Hack and our coaching staff is the best in the league, hands down. Each one of our assistants, you know, so that's what I would contribute to it. You know, just great instruction, a passion for the game. Yeah, that's it. And today you face a Seattle side that you've unfortunately lost to the last two outings. How do you rectify that today? Absolutely. We have definitely done our preparation. We have the players, I think, you know, when we played them at the beginning of the season, we had seven rookies that that was their first game. And so we've got a couple of games under our belt now. We've got the first game jitters out of the way. We've got a, a great game plan set up by Hack and uh, the assistants. So I'm excited to get out on the field. And is there any one player in particular for Seattle or a couple of players that you've been focusing on on uh, training this week? We really have focused on a lot of them, uh, a lot of their plays. You know, you got to always watch out for Danica and KK, who are always big contributors. But everyone has their own assignment. Everyone kind of has their players that they're watching out for. Excellent. Well, good luck with the game today and thank you for joining us on the show. All right. Thanks so much. Let's take a look now at Seattle. Marcus, what are their keys to victory? Well, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but defensively, big question, will Danica Brace play? It's going to be such a huge effect on the actual outcome of the game and the way that Seattle was going to game plan. Of course, yeah, because if she doesn't play, then you have to scheme around that Chicago offense. Whereas if she is there, you know you've got an instant playmaker and you'll be making that Chicago offense think twice about going her way. And she's a big factor in the run game as well and stopping the run game rather. Yeah. And also what she does, she then forces the decisions on the other team to react to her, you know, because she plays that rover position, she can cover or she can attack. So therefore that means as far as coverage goes, you know, Jessica Hopkins is probably going to be that free safety at the back. You know, she's going to have to make sure now, because we know Jason Barkley can throw, she's going to have to make sure on her own now that she can handle anything that's thrown her way, making sure she's got both sides of the field because she's not going to have a Danica there. If Danica is there, will she have, you know, will the injury limit her ability to assist her in that? And that's what I think is going to be a big one. So on the line, you're going to have people like Kim Chase and Shay Norton have got to help like Jessica out by making sure that Jacinda Barkley doesn't throw like without duress. And there is another big fact while we're talking about Seattle defense I think it'd be rude not to talk about the ball Stevie Schnorr because when you watch back that conference game and at the time I was doing stats so I didn't get much chance to pay attention to the, the defensive side because I was worried about what's happened offensively but Stevie had an absolutely amazing game on defense in that conference game and if she can step up again and have that sort of game without Danica being there, it'll be a big help to that defense. Yeah, and of course, now we're going to flip the, the, the way over and her on offense, she is going to be another big factor, I think, because what I want to see, if we're going to say keys to the game from the Seattle offense, I want to see speed. You need to get the offense firing on all cylinders as quickly as possible. You can't chase the game because then it's going to be out of your grasp. So, you know, Dominique Malloy is going to just be such a huge factor. Her speed play, being able to get up to the line, run a play really quickly, really efficiently, and using people like Brim Render to have like some kind of quick 
out system where you just literally get the ball out into the flat as quickly as possible and let the playmakers use it. It's funny you go with speed there because the one thing I'd actually got in my notes is that I think Seattle need long drives to really tire out that Chicago defense. Maybe if they do go no huddle, fair enough as part of that long drive, but they just need to eat up and chew some of that clock. That is going to be definitely important because the problem is if you do give the Chicago defense time, they're going to get after KK and then there might be problems in that. And thinking of KK, we were able to catch up with the legendary quarterback right before the game. Joining us on the show now, ahead of this Legends Cup final, we have quarterback for the Seattle Mist, KK Matheny. Welcome back to the show, KK. Thanks for having me again. Finally, get to talk to you guys. I know, we haven't spoken yet this season. Are you feeling a bit neglected? I, I was feeling a little bit depressed, but it's okay. I just cry myself to sleep at night, get over it, and then move on to football. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Glad to know we have such an impact on the players. Now, this season's been a bit of an up and down season for you. There's been some good performances, some bad performances, but last week you really seemed to sort of turn it on when it counted. Did your injury give you time to refocus or maybe that gap in between games? You know, honestly, it's just really being comfortable with the game plans and, you know, we're here. We're in the biggest stage of where we need to be. So I feel like I've done my job to get my team where we need to be. We're in the championship, you know, and uh, for people to say that the Seattle Miss hasn't had the greatest season, well, hey, look, we're here. And other teams aren't. So um, we've done what we had to do when times counted. And that's kind of, uh, you know, what our coach prepares us for. So, yeah, we're as the season goes along, we definitely continue to work better together and just get more comfortable with the plays, get more comfortable with the personnel. And I think that's what's happened. And looking at your opponent, Chicago, what can you expect to see from them today? Oh, I mean, it's always a great battle when we play Chicago. Um, Chicago has an amazing athlete, amazing teams, amazing coaching staff, just like we do. So, uh, you know, I always look forward to actually playing Chicago. It's always hard hitting, real football, whistle to whistle. You know, you're not going to take any cheap shots or anything like that. But at the end of the day, it's going to be hard hitting football because both teams know how to play the game. Both teams are coached very well and both teams have very good athletes. And as quarterback, is there always one person on that defense that you're keeping an eye on throughout the game? Honestly, it's just I, I don't really do that too much. As a quarterback, I do obviously uh, watch film and stuff like that, of course. But at the end of the day, we feel that is if we do what we're supposed to do offensively and we execute the way we're supposed to, then it doesn't really matter who lines up, uh, you know, uh, against us and not take in any way thing away from their amazing defense at all it just has more to do with focusing on what we have to do as opposed to what they're doing and when it comes to the victory would you rather win comfortably or would you rather have the game on your shoulders with the last drive of the game man well both are very exciting and you never know how it's going to come down to but of course as an athlete i mean you want to put your best performance out there so if your best performance is ending up running away with the game then of course that's that's you know that's obviously what you want as an athlete uh but you know we're just gonna go out there play our hardest and give it our all and just really excited for the game and the last question, probably one you may want to avoid, but what's next for KK after the Legends Cup? Oh, well, you know, I always like to keep people on the edge of their seats normally, but I've already talked to my team, talked to a couple of my girls and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm not done. So uh, this isn't going to be it for me. You're not going to see just this isn't my last game by any means. I, I, you know, I have lots more years in me. We'll see how many years I decide to play, but this is definitely not it. Well, on behalf of myself and all of the fans, I'm sure we're, we're well, we're excited to hear that because it's great to see you in the league. And thank you so much for your time today, KK. As always, it's a real pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. That wraps up our game preview, but we do have some more special guests we were able to catch up with before the Legends Cup final itself, and here they are. I'm joined here at the Legends Cup final now by two of our Australian LFL brothers that we met at the Legends Cup last year, myself and Marcus. Welcome to the show, Coach Darrell, Coach Pete. My pleasure, thanks for having us. How you doing? Yeah, very good, gents. Now, it's going to be quite an interesting game today. Obviously, we've got two of possibly, if not the best, two of the better sides in the league. What are you thinking today? Obviously, it's going to be an offensive 
defensive shootout. That's what it's all looking like. Defenses are on the back foot a little bit. So the way the game's structured, it's going to be a big shootout. Lots of scoring. So I guess whoever wins is going to who has the ball last is the way I see it. And how about yourself, Pete? I would concur with my coach. It's going to be uh, quite the shootout. And of course, let's come on now to matters in Australia because obviously you're yep. um, in charge of the Australian Academy at the moment. So how are things progressing over in Australia and what's the general perception of gridiron like? I think that what's really helped gridiron across the board is Jared Haynes last year with the uh, San Francisco 49ers. So it, that got tremendous amount of publicity right across the country. And with the girls' seven rugby team winning the Olympic Games gold medal, the movement in sport for women is massive in the last two years with the, with our own AFL Aussie Rules Football now having women teams this year. So there's a great interest in gridiron. Jacinda Barclay's a quarterback for Chicago here, Aussie girl. So it's really doing very, very well. We've got the academy set up in Encounter Bay in Victoria, in, South, in Victor Harbour, South Australia. That's where we're going to be. That's where we're going to start producing our LFL athletes. So looking fantastic. Excellent. And is there a time scale on that at the moment as to when we may be able to expect to maybe see some players coming through the academy to potentially playing in the US? I expect players to come through by next season. Excellent. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you both for a prediction. That's kind of what we like to do on our show. I'm sure you've probably heard myself and Marcus have already given our predictions for the, the Legends Cup. So I'm going to come to you first, Pete, for a score. <laughs> Seattle, Chicago. Firstly, who's going to win? Ooh, I'd have to go for Chicago. And what score are you thinking? I think it's going to, looking at the field, I think it's going to be high. Ooh, 40s to 50s, I'd say. Yeah, both of them quite high. Oh, you want a definite score? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I just pick one. 42 to 48, just make it a big so score. 48, 42 to Chicago. Yeah. Okay, and how about yourself, coach? I see Danica Brace's potential injury really affecting the defense. So I see it being probably a 52-28 game Chicago if Brace doesn't play. Wow, that's a bold statement right there, coach. And that's purely based on if Brace doesn't play. But if she does? If she does play, then you're looking... 50, the, if, if Brace plays, who whichever team has the ball the last will win. By what score? By six points. Okay, a little bit more precise. Come on. If- 52-46. Fair enough. Nice one. Well, gents, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to catch up with you at the final again this year, and I hope you both enjoy the game. Thanks for being on. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having me. Football is a man's game because women hit like girls. They run like girls. And they never play with passion. Simply Unbelievable. This game will never mean as much to women as it does to men. The game has never been played by women until now. Well, that's it. The dust has settled now and we want to review our Legends Cup final. Adri, what did you take from this game? Well, first, I just want to say it was absolutely amazing to be there to to watch this unfold. It was a great battle between two amazing sides. And one thing you have to know about Chicago and Seattle is that both teams are extremely well coached and they always play the game in the, the best of spirits as well in that you don't generally get much fisticuffs or stupid behavior on either side. Again, comes down to the coaching. I mean, great final to be a part of, but the big big thing for me or one of the big players for me AJ Johnson again I know we talked about her in the the preview but I can't praise her enough for how well she played bearing in mind the occasion her hands she was probably the surest hands on the field and even the smallest of receptions she managed to turn into like a 30 yard touchdown yeah I mean Chicago's done it all year where they've just found these people we have no idea about these rookies and then just they step up on the big stage because another big name that we had to bring back is the way that Chicago defense worked in that second half and you know you have to look at the 
middle linebacking there, Kristen Morrison, another rookie, how they got them to step up. Yeah, that defence played big. There was a couple of occasions, particularly in the first half. So Seattle got the ball first and were able to take it the length of the field and, and score. There was no kickoffs because of the arena rinse. So they just started at their 15. But Chicago's first drive, they couldn't move the ball at all. So it left the Chicago defence with an incredibly short field to defend. But somehow they managed to do it and they stopped Seattle from scoring from, I think it was from inside the, their own 15-yard line. So a massive performance there. Yeah, it seemed like a quarterback just in the Barkley took a little while to get fired up, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. It took her a little while to get into the game. The first half, she was a little bit shaky. There were some interceptions in there, some bad decisions. The mechanics weren't all there. But yet somehow at halftime, they were still able to be up 19-18. But a large part of that is thanks to the interception from Dominique Collins when Seattle were looking to put another score on the board at the end of the half. Both teams really came away. I mean, with takeaways on both sides, the, the, there was a few bad decisions second half, which kind of almost sealed out the game. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it was it was about the defence. It was which defence stepped up. And although, just want to mention as well, Danica Brace did play, but she was playing quite badly injured. And we know she's a true warrior and she always gives her all out on the field. But for whatever reason, they just couldn't quite get that final stop on Chicago. There was a big touchdown run by Jacinda Barkley in the fourth quarter. It must have been about 15, 20 yards, something like that. Just an incredible run. And luckily for me, you know, because I called it earlier in the year that it all came down to Jacinda Barkley in the end and she was the game. She yeah, was... you sung her praises the second you found out Chicago had managed to sort of recruit her. You were like, that's it. Legends Cup sold. You got them pegged down. So I have to tip my hat to you there, sir. But that was a great call. And I think really at the end of the day, this was what we wanted, wasn't it? Like a pinnacle match at the forefront of this sort of sport. I mean, really sort of highlighted what we love about the LFL. Yeah, a great advertisement for the game, especially in a new area for fans as well. So it was in Scottsdale in Arizona where they currently isn't a team I think there may be plans to move a team there but a great advert for the sport and anyone that came to watch that game would have seen a great game of football played out by two of the best teams in the league yeah absolutely well there you have it that's our quick brief wrap up and the game is done that is it as far as games go 2016 season in the books Yep, Chicago are the Legends Cup champions. 31-26 to 26 was the final score there in the Legends Cup. Congratulations right. to Chicago and all of the coaching staff on a great achievement this season. I know I tried to take credit because I called it earlier in the year, but at the end of the day, it came down to their hard work and that coaching staff. I mean, they've got five or six coaches there on that coaching staff, all incredible. Also, have to give a big shout-out, before we finish off this segment, I have to give a big shout-out to Seattle because it takes two teams to make a final like that. I mean, they played outstanding and I was absolutely... I was, I was gutted a bit for some of the players on there because you know and you saw that they gave their all and it's always difficult when you have two teams like that playing because I'm happy for Chicago they won but at the same time if it's possible I'm also gutted for some of the Seattle players it was a I think the game was always, the LFL as a league was always going to win with that final yep there you go guys so we are done as this segment goes and we are going to be back in a moment when we wrap up this year's award winners the world's fastest growing sport arrives to YouTube legends Football League. Break their confidence. Keep breaking their confidence. They've got nothing. They want to brawl. They don't want to play football. Intensity. Beauty. Subscribe to this channel and gain access into locker rooms. Inside the huddle. Every other time they run to the outside and they're fucking getting it. Get to know your favorite players. The one thing I want to do is just make everyone happy. Give 100%. In high definition. Subscribe and never miss out on LFL action. Welcome to the LFL! 
Well, the Legends Cup is in the books. The 2016 season is over, which can only mean one thing. And I'm not talking about the off-season. It's awards time. That time of the year where we look back and we see who has impressed us the most this year. And I want to start with our first award, Miss Social Media. Marcus, who do you have for that? Yeah, a bit of a fun one for this one. And you know what? We Social media, everyone's got a bit of that and we follow athletes. So it's nice to have a little glimpse into like an, an NFL style daily goings on slash mindset I guess and this social media helps us to, to do that I think me and you spoke about this and I'm not sure what it is about uh, texting girls but they are quite hilarious absolutely yeah I mean the one that I've mentioned previously when we first talked about the the Miss Social Media Award was uh, was Steph Wickett from Austin she always amuses me with, with her Instagram and I think you may have one of her fellow players as well there Marcus yeah I think the one we, we've decided to, to settle on as our winner goes to Tiffany Stretch Zimmerman of the Austin Acoustic. Some stuff that just made me giggle. Very childish, sort of, but I loved it. And also a massive obsession over coffee, which, again, I like. Going to move on now to, I think, what is for me a bit of a, a no-brainer on this one, and that is our War Paint Award. And we don't even really need to discuss any nominations, I don't think, on this one, because both of us, unanimous decision. Hands down winner. Shailen Durham of the Omaha Heart absolutely had the best war paint this year. There was a couple. I remember the the Ultimate Warrior kind of American flag, Ultimate Warrior design. There's been like some scary skulls and all sorts of things going on there. going to move on from that now on to Trash Talker the Trash Talker of the year now there's a few familiar names that always crop up on this one obviously starting with Adrian Purnell is a, a name that always comes up because she's always got something to say on the field yeah I mean definitely and another I think another name that also gets thrown up there is Ogum Chichindu she loves a bit of trash talk don't she oh 100% she does between the two of them yeah they've kind of got that locked down but there is a third that I believe we've decided on as our winner yeah which is quite weird because we have spoken to a this year and it seems I don't know it's like a Jekyll and Hyde isn't it yeah absolutely I mean, she's an absolutely lovely person but then when you get her on that football field it's like a switch just completely goes yeah so our, our winner this year is going to go to Dina Wojowski that sort of complete and utter on-field nightmare yeah a lot to say a lot of trash being talked that's all you can say really on that subject now we're going to move on to the more serious awards. We say serious, but it's just more, they're more of an achievement, I guess. And that is our Rookie of the Year we're going to start off with. And this one, I think we're going to have a bit of a discussion about, I feel, Marcus. Yeah, well, we had such a such a broad sort of spectrum this year because, of course, what with a few new franchises starting up and a lot of fresh recruits all over the, the league, it's sort of like, well, we had like difficulty just <laughs> sort of zeroing in on someone, really just one person yeah I mean trying to put together a, a short list was interesting because like you say there was so many I'm going to put a few names out there before we reveal our winner obviously we had Kristen Morrison who was a, a great rookie middle linebacker for Chicago Bliss also won the defensive player of the year at the LFL awards this year I mean she did have an amazing season another rookie I want to mention we've got Courtney White of the Dallas Desire another person who's had a great season again such a shame I was gutted for her the way that conference championship played out because she had such an outstanding season but but then just got played by the turnovers in the conference game. Also, Selena Fudge from the Austin Acoustics. I mean, yeah. what a corner she was. Great at locking down. Good couple of interceptions as well. Sure hands. Two sort of rookies on... I mean, Dallas, I know people are questioning whether it's a rookie team. I think they've started again, so it is a rookie team. Of course, Jade Randall has got big mentions in the league as well, as far as we're talking about Dallas. Yeah, 100%. She won three awards this year. She won the LFL Rookie of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, and MVP. You know, that just goes to show you how highly she 
was thought of across the league, but not our rookie of the year. So you may ask who would be more deserving than Jade Randall? And Jade had a great regular season, but unfortunately for me, the one thing that kind of let her down a little bit is the performance in the playoffs. Now, as a team, I mean, they were, yes, plagued by turnovers, but Jade herself had a couple of big drops and there was one player who remained consistent throughout the year and stepped up really big in the playoffs and even the final, and that is our winner. AJ Johnson of the Chicago Bliss I don't think many people would be able to argue that one well they would but I think for me it's a bit of a no-brainer yeah I mean we could like I said there's a lot of people a lot of people who who stepped up to the mark this year and like you said the consistency throughout the season has to give her the sort of the, the tipping point and the fact is she had a great final as well I mean how about that to sort of cap it off we're going to move on to our most improved player and again this is something that obviously there's so many players that we could talk about for this particular award but I think we'll stick to kind of our short list the first one I've put on there and because I obviously rate her so highly as has been obvious throughout this year and that is Jacinda Barkley I think she's made some great strides thanks to the help of uh, coach Matthew Pike as well in Chicago and really stepped up her game this year from winning the championship in Australia if that was possible another one on that short list would have to be Jane Caldwell just because you know she's She's bounced from a quarterback in Australia to she was playing like a bit of running back and stuff in Atlanta. Now she's she made herself over to the West Coast and she's she's picked up in LA. And you know, as a dual threat quarterback, you know, she stepped up when she needed to and did everything she could to get that win against Atlanta. And I think now we'll come on to our winner for the most improved player, Marcus, which is staying with the LA temptation, it is gonna go to as Johnson what a season what a turnaround she had I mean she just looks re- rejuvenated in that lovely Californian sunshine 100% yeah I mean a completely different player to what we saw in Atlanta last year I'm sure there is a few factors around that maybe she's a lot happier in LA maybe we'd ask questions about the, the offensive line we know how good that is in LA because we talked about how well Jane Caldwell's run the ball but all in all just looks a, m- a more complete back so it leaves us with the big one, does it? It does. That brings us on nicely to the one that is voted for by you, our lovely listeners. And that is our LFL Talk Player of the Year. Now, obviously, you get the chance to pick from any players across the league. Marcus, who did you? Who was your vote? Because we both do get a vote in this one, which is quite nice. Who was well, your... We're fans as well, aren't we? We are fans as well. Absolutely. First and foremost. And then uh, pundits, maybe second. I don't know whichever way around we want to word that. But <laughs> either way, who was your vote for for player? of the year it went to uh, Kristen Morrison great linebacker this year I felt that coming in as a rookie as a linebacker it's difficult you're you're trying to run that defense and she ran it beautifully and of course she did because the amount of comeback wins she secured sorry Chicago secured not just her but she is a key instrument I think she'll be a key instrument in Chicago for many a year to come now yeah absolutely she will now a couple of people that were also voted for we have Tamar Fennell of the Chicago Bliss bit of a theme there with some Chicago players going on and fans voting up now yeah, exactly and also we had votes for Stevie Schnorr as well the bull from Seattle but our winner of the 2016 LFL Talk Player of the Year is Jade Randall of the Dallas Desire also got my vote as well big round of applause 
a great regular season and that's what I've based my decision on and with rookie of the year as well I think going to AJ Johnson it would have been rude to have a whole series of awards and Jade Randall not to have one of them obviously it wasn't just me that thought she was player of the year in that sense but the rest of the fans as well because she was our fan voted player of the year and here is what Jade had to say about winning the award thanks guys it really means a lot that y'all fans came out and voted for me being our first year and my first year I didn't really know how much support we'd get in Dallas since it's been a while since we uh, came back but everyone came out full force in Frisco at our, our home games and got lots and lots of encouragement throughout the season from everyone not just Dallas people fans from all over and it's just been really great all the support that we've gotten and I wish we would have finished the season with a little bit better of a result but next year there's always next year but thanks for voting everyone and just thanks for all the support how does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL performance training focus yet ever active in their community film study practice in superb condition leading a healthy lifestyle I'm an LFL athlete are you Well, Marcus, now we've done our awards, that does wrap up the 2016 LFL season. How are you feeling over there, buddy? (laughs) Oh, you know what? It's flown by, hasn't it, Just? It's just, this is crazy, you know? I mean, was it week one just last week? It seems like it, doesn't it? I mean, but since then, we've had so many great games throughout the league. I mean, the interconference games in particular we've had. We've had LA versus Atlanta. We've had Chicago versus Seattle in in the regular season, you know? Some of those games have just been outstanding. We've had some surprises of the year. I mean, I know their record may make it seem like they had a bad year, but all in all, I would say I was very, very impressed with Austin Acoustic this year. I think you have to say that, actually, as far as the league's gone development-wise this year, it's been brilliant, really. You know, we've seen competitive play, we've seen interconference play, and we've seen rookie teams actually step up and be competitive. You know, there's always going to be improvements, but this is just a great year as far as the sort of the process of LFL putting itself out there and saying we are a great, interactive, fun sport to watch and something that I think me and you love to be a part of. Absolutely, yeah. The, the product on the field is absolutely amazing and it is the most entertaining live fan experience as they call it when at the games it's true it is because all the interaction you get with the players whilst they're on the field and then obviously the home teams always do like a meet and greet and things like that after the game at their home arenas it's just a great spectacle to watch and I think people really do need to start taking this sport seriously because it is played by true athletes and like we say you just have to watch this season you look at the rookies we've had this season possibly the best rookie class yet and best rookie class yeah And that's what you want to be saying, isn't it? Year on year, you want to be saying it's the best rookie class ever because it just shows you the development of the sport and how the quality is just getting better and better and better. Yeah, and so for me, this has just been a brilliant year. You know, commenting on it from... Well, our position, I got sort of guess it's sort of like a, a little bit outside looking in, a little bit inside looking out. All the players who were lovely enough to come on our show, we want a big, big, massive thank you because we know they are like super busy. I mean, these people run at nine to fives and then hit the gym training like five times a week. I mean, these ladies are, are, are true champion athletes, every single one of them. 100%. Yeah. Big shout out to all of our guests this year. Unfortunately, I don't have enough time to, <laughs> to name everyone because we tried I've to get at least. Yeah, exactly. We have two hours later. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Because you know, we tried to get someone from each team on 
on on every week so i'm sure you can appreciate there's a, a big long list in there but thank you so much for giving us an incredibly entertaining season and for putting up with our british sense of humor during our interviews on the show we are really looking forward to next year already i mean i don't know about you it's not even this episode is not even over and i'm looking forward to week one or pre-season actually our first pre-season podcast next year well we'll probably have an if there's an all-fantasy game we will have oh, an all-fantasy we'll podcast have the all-fantasy the, yeah. of course we will so you know we still got you know a little bit to keep us occupied something to hold on to offices. yeah something to hold on to you got the all-fantasy game first rather than uh, next season but the last thing i just want to say about this season again is coaching wise as well as the players on the field i know there's been some disappointing coaches but there's also a lot of great coaching in the league i mean dallas chicago seattle atlanta you know even and austin as well actually you would have to say with with how well they've been coached i mean it's incredible we know actually coach williams i think if he's given time i think he can do a great job in new england i think he was obviously just given the chalice late on really i guess towards the start of the season um so he didn't really get much of a chance to kind of go out and recruit his players and put his system in place he kind of had to work with with what he's presented with so i really hope he's given the chance there and the only disappointment really was was Omaha so we're hoping for their players sake that you know they can get a good coach next year and then if we can get great coaches across the board it will just keep developing the sport as it needs to and I'm going to stop waffling on there and again a big thank you to all of our guests throughout the year also a thank you to our guests from the Legends Cup itself Kim Perez KK Matheny and our Australian brothers Coach Pete and Coach Darrell from the Adelaide Arsenal Marcus my amazing co-host all year it's been an absolute pleasure sir and it from me it's been the most fun another year and i just love this love this wouldn't change this for the world and remember if you want to stay up to date with all of the latest news from around the league during the off season then go to lfl360.com of course if you start missing the lfl and you want to check out some of our past shows or any of our player interviews then go to lfltalk.com and until next time football fans stay safe Take care and thanks for stopping by. (laughs) 